Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Kelly. Kelly, in the immortal words of the Budweiser Frogs, what's up? The Frogs said that? Yeah, wasn't it the the Frogs? frogs? Well, didn't the Frogs just go Budweiser no, I think they Did also the said, who said what's up then? I think that was just like everybody. Like they just had who, like you're thinking of Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley. No, I'm not thinking of Bubba. <laughs> I'm not confusing Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley with frogs. <laughs> I, I mean, it's an easy mistake. All right. Now I'm looking up Budweiser frogs. What's up? Because I don't remember the frogs going what's up. Maybe it wasn't the frogs. Oh god. Yeah, I think they just had anyone doing was up. Hold on. I'm watching the commercial. Because the on frogs global were just... news.ca. Keep watching. <laughs> but 
I think uh, Budweiser is going to hit us with that sponsorship deal soon now. Yeah, I guess they did just say Budweiser, but didn't they say what's up? They might have done it like once in like a Super Bowl commercial, but yeah, I don't think on. they were like famous for that. Do the frogs ever in the commercial? I guess I'm wrong. What a way to start the episode with incorrect information. Um, well, Kelly, in the immortal words of the Budweiser frogs, Budweiser, but also what's up? Do you think our uh, like international listeners are just so confused by what just happened? Like, do you think they had the Budweiser frog commercials? Do you th- actually, does anyone like, what's the age cutoff that we know who the Budweiser frogs are? Oh, the age cutoff. That's an interesting question. Yeah, because I just thought of that. Like, do people under 25 know who they are? I'm not sure that people under the age of, like, 28 know who they are. Yeah, maybe not. Because, yeah, I was pretty young when I was also fairly young when those came out. So, um, if you know, if you are A, very young, or B live in a um, non-American country, um, tweet at us and tell us if you know either the Budweiser Frogs or What's Up, because I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think the Budweiser Frogs came before. Yes, they did, 100%. So if you know either of those I feel like most people listening to this show would know What's Up from the Dudley Boys. (laughs) Yeah, but they don't even really say what's up. They just sort of go like, oh. Yeah. Like, I yeah, know that might be if you know what they're doing, you know what they're doing. But if not, they're just like, <laughs> I think that is what it's supposed to be. But I feel like it hasn't really been that for many years. I yeah, mean, now that's they true. Don't wrestle, but, or they don't wrestle together, I should say. Um, but anyway, um, we're here to talk about Joshi Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Uh, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk some stardom, some triangle derby championship. We're going to talk a little bit of stardom in showcase volume four. And we are going to be previewing the humongous giant show, Tokyo Joshi pros grand princess 23 coming up in less than two weeks from now. Before we do that, have to do the plugs as always follow us on Twitter at JBomb Audio. You can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly. And you can follow me at Tame Ambo. Subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio so let's get into it the big show of this show is stardom's triangle derby championship battle from march 4th from the yoyogi national gymnasium number two in front of 1919 fans 1919 fans kelly what were your thoughts on this show overall Overall, I really liked this show. Uh, the first half was, I don't know, it's what you expect kind of a first half of a show like this to be. It's it matches that kind of just like in and out and don't 
overstay their welcome, but they're they're fine. But I thought the back half of this show really delivered. Um, I also I thought it was an excellent show. I wasn't very hopeful. Um, watching the first few matches on the card, uh, but it really it really turned up near the end um, and was very good. I was also, as we'll talk about in a little bit, I watched both this show and Stardom and Showcase on the same day. Um, and Stardom and Showcase um, sort of put me in a mood where I was not optimistic. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> um, but they turned it out on this show. Um, a lot of very good matches. The first two matches on the show, Kelly, I don't believe you saw. I did not see. Um, yeah, I forgot. I was going to go and watch these, and I totally forgot. And it bums me out, because I actually wanted to see the Queen's Quest versus Rebel Enemy match. Two pre-show matches. The first, a pre-show three-way match. Rina defeating Hina and Miyu Amasaki in 5 minutes and 53 seconds. And a pre-show tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Utami defeating the Rebel and Enemy team of Mika Ozaki and Ram Kaichow in 7 minutes and 25 seconds. But the first match on the show proper, a six-person tag team match, the team of Donna Del Mundo, Micah, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla, defeating the Club Venus unit of Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa, and Wakasukiyama in 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Kelly, your thoughts on the opening match of the show uh no surprise that waka took the fall as you know that's what she's there for uh i enjoy that no somehow waka keeps finding herself in units that have a dance and she is just not equipped for that but i did like that they did the dance and then she came out <laughs> so she didn't have to stand there and clap awkwardly like she used to do with cosmic angels so that was good for her. I'm ha- I'm happy for her on that that they kind of figured out they could do that. Uh, also, shouts out to my Sakurai for doing a new finisher instead of the elbow drop, which can't be doing that with Kyrie around. <laughs> Just makes you look bad. Uh, but overall, solid enough match. I want three stars. It was it was good. Although my Sakurai pulling a Sayakamatani uh, with a jumping leg drop that finished right on the top of Waka's head. Yeah. It was like a leap, and sort of as it was happening, I was like, and then she landed on her head, and I was like, okay. Um, it, it needs some work. It needs some work there. Uh, but I believe everything. everyone came out of it uh, okay. I thought it was fairly standard stuff. Um, so other than that, didn't have too much to say. Mariah May, I think, we've talked about before, very solid. I enjoy watching her. She, yeah, she keeps getting better. So excited, uh, you know, someone I knew nothing about when she showed up and, you know, showed up with Zaya Brookside, who I do know, and Zaya Brookside has uh, disappeared and Mariah May has been very good. So good for her. All works out. The next match was a 10-person tag team match. The Oedo Tai unit of Fukigen Death, Momo Watanabe, Natsuko Tora, Ruaka, and Saki Kashima defeating the Stars 5-some of Hanan, 
Koguma, Mayu Iwatani, Momo Kogo, and Saya Ida in eight minutes and 20 seconds. Another match that I had almost no notes on. I thought it was a perfectly fine match. Ten people in eight minutes means you don't get very much time uh, for yourself. Yeah, uh, I was very excited to see a Fukigen death victory. That was uh, not something I was expecting to see on this show, so I'm happy to see that. Uh, it's a fun match. Another three stars. The next match was the first semifinal in the Triangle Derby semifinal round between the God's Eye team, Amisore, Mirai, and Suri, defeating the Cosmic Angels trio of Natsupoi, Tom Nakano, and Saki in 11 minutes and 30 seconds. My one big note about this match is that Suri came off to me still like a star, and I think that her descent, of course, it's only been um, a few months since Suri lost the title, but I think her descent from the title has been much better than Utami's. Um, she still really comes off to me as a very big deal. Um she looks really good in the ring. She feels like a star. It feels like sometimes Utami just sort of disappears um, into random matches. And it feels like Shuri, even though she doesn't have the title, is still a very big deal here. Now, of course, there are different circumstances. Shuri's very old, so you can't really... Not very... I don't mean to say very old, but she's older wow, than... old lady Shuri. Sorry. You heard it here, folks. She's older than Utami, Grandma's so, got her walker. <laughs> you don't have the luxury of sort of being like, ah, oh, we'll get back to her. I mean, she'll she's not retiring tomorrow. I mean, I don't know. She's, she's turning to dust. We get it, too. <laughs> but I just think it's been much better handled. She feels like a big deal, whereas Utami has sort of felt like she has disappeared into the muck of the stardom midcard. Yeah, Utami very much suddenly just, she'll be on the losing side of a prelim tag match, and you're just like, oh, oh, okay, that's that's where she is now. <laughs> and then they'll be like, all right, we need a title challenger. Uh, go out there, and we'll heat you up for like a couple weeks, and then back down you go. Very much so, yeah, like I totally agree with you people. on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, overall, um, I thought this match was was good. The uh, Siri and Natsupoi segment to close out the match, I thought was very, very good. The next match was the other semifinal in the Triangle Derby semifinals. The Prominence Trio, Haragi Karumi, Risa Sara, and Suzu Suzuki, defeating the Neo Stardom Army the unit of Nanai Takahashi, Yuna Mizumori, and you in 10 minutes and 36 seconds. I thought that this match was a blast. I almost went three and three quarters, but I ended up at three and a half. Um, I thought this was one of the better prominence matches, especially the prominence matches that are not hardcore matches. I thought they all looked really good as a unit, as opposed to it feeling like Suzu and her two friends. Um, even with that said, I thought the highlight of the match was the Suzu and Yuna Mizumori segment, or, or segments, I should say. 
and I just thought it was really well paced, well done, and a match that I really liked. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, what's what's up with the hats? Oh my God, Kelly! My first note, my first note under this match, and I was going to bring it up is, have we talked about the hats? No, we haven't. What's what's up with those? Why? What's what this is gimmick? up with the? Why, why are they the Blues Brothers? I don't even I think don't get it. Blues Brothers. I think it's a weird like. It's a. It feels to me like a weird, like your parents. You're on vacation with your parents, and they're like, "Oh, I forgot my hat. Oh, I, I'm really gonna need a hat, or else my face is gonna get really sunburned." And you go to like some random store and that's the only type of hat they sell. And you're like, oh, well, I don't want to waste my time like driving around looking for a hat. I'll just buy this hat. Like first one you see, you buy it, you put it on and you're like, oh, it's good enough for the next few days while, while we're here. But it's just weird. It's like, what is it? Is there like a thing? And they have the vests too. Yeah. Like, there's got to be some kind of cultural thing we're missing. Like, it's got to be, like, a reference to some show or something that just doesn't translate to us. Because it's like, what what are you guys doing? What's with this hat gimmick? Wow, we really are co-hosts after we had the same <laughs> note on yeah. the same exact match. Um, I wonder if it's, like, because the tag Because Yuna doesn't wear a hat. It's just you... And uh, Nanai. So, and their team name is Seven Up. So, I wonder if there's something hat related there. Dude, people in Japan that enjoy the soda Seven Up all wear a specific hat to their club meetings or something. <laughs> I have, I have no idea. But the the minute they started wearing them, I was like, "What is with these hats?" Yeah, it's very strange. Speaking of fashion of this match, the change to Yuna Mizumori's gear, I think very boring. Yeah. Just sort of like green. Like I like that she was like many colors because it feels like a lot of people in stardom are like, my one color is red. My one color is blue. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, Yuna, her one color is green. Where I'm like, ah. That's less and that's less interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I never really put that together, but yeah, there's a lot of people who it's just like I am red, I am blue, and now you know I am green. I am white, I am pink. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's yeah. That's true. Oh well. Well, if you know about the hats, let us know about the hats. Um, yeah, give us the hat lore. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about these hats cuz we're both very confused about these hats. What we're not confused about is this being a very good match. Yeah. The next match was our first singles match of the evening. Returning again, the Ryu Mizunami of stardom, Chihiro Hashimoto defeating the soon-to-be-retiring Himika in 8 minutes and 52 seconds. Kelly, what did you think about another one of these Chihiro Hashimoto singles matches? This was a match I liked, but also bummed me out because, A, I wish there was more to this match. I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it ended a little too soon. And, B, it really fucking sucks that Himika's retiring. 
Like she's got so much more to offer in Joshi. And I really, I hope it's more of just like, I want to get out before my body's broken than, well, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything with me. So I might as well call it quits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, overall, I enjoyed the match, but it kind of just made me sad at the same time. So like, I, I don't know. Love a good match with big meaty women bumping meat. Three and a half stars. I was enjoying it and it felt like a match where I was like, okay, we're getting into it. Like we're building up, you know, we're going to have some fun things here. And then it just sort of ended. And I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> um, I literally wrote two notes about the match in my notes and both of them are, wow, it was short. I was enjoying it, but why was it so short? Yeah. Very strange. It, like it was just I don't know. It's like, I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess you're like, well, Himika's retiring. And so it doesn't matter if she loses and we need time for other things. But I don't know. It just felt very strange to me that I was like, oh, okay. Um, It's just sort of going to end. And Himika just sort of loses. Um, On the main card, it's the only one of two matches that went under ten minutes. It was that and the five person and the ten person tag. Like you could cut time from another match somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if they were like, "Well, we need time for all the other four matches we have." But I'm like, if it had been another four minutes, would that have made a, a difference yeah, to anything? Not, doesn't feel like that's the end of the world on this show. No. Um, but yeah, just sort of disappointing. I thought it was good. I don't know if I'd go three and a half just because I was like, oh, so short, but you know, three and a quarter, three. Yeah, I think that's fair. After the match, Shuri coming out to challenge, that should be a fun match. Yeah, that um, should be cool. And, and again, sort of proves my further point of Shuri getting something um, to do. Although I'm sure if Chihiro sticks around, I'm sure she'll have a lot of these matches. So it's possible many people could get this chance. The next match was our first of four title matches. The Wonder of Stardom title. Jumping Bomb Audio favorite Saya Kamatani retaining the wonder of stardom title defeating hazuki in 22 minutes and 48 seconds i think now of the many many wonder of stardom title matches that sayakamitani has this is at least in my top three if not my top two this i I think is i loved it i thought it was great (laughs) My number one note was, wow, a good, properly paced Saya match. Yeah, yeah. Of which I am giving large credit to Hazuki. Well, yeah. <laughs> For, like, properly, it felt like it built from something. Things were happening. So much of Saya is like, the match starts. We go to the outside. I do 10 of the craziest moves you've ever seen. And then we come back in the ring and we keep doing that. And that didn't happen in this match. And I was like, very happy about that. 
Yeah, um, we didn't see many of her bad habits pop up here. Like I I noted they outside of the one dive to the outside, they kept the entire match in the ring. Yes. Yeah, and I I noted that as well. I also thought it was going to go shorter. I don't know if I was fooled by the previous match. But they started sort of doing near falls and I was like, oh, it's going to end, you know, this match, you know, I think this match is pretty good, you know, solid, not nothing crazy. And then they kept going and it got really good. And I was like, wow, this is very well put together. Um, my one note will be, you know, the the Saya critique of the week is Hazuki is excellent at the like 2.9 kickouts. Saya is not <laughs> like almost all of Saya's kickouts come at like 2.4. Yeah. Where it's not like, oh, the hand is coming down. It's so close. And there's a kick out. It's like one, two kick out. And you're like, oh, uh, okay. Wasn't that close. <laughs> um, and I also bought that Hazuki could win. Uh, which was very helpful to these matches where I feel like a lot of them, I'm like, oh, Saya is obviously winning. Yeah, no, I thought Hazuki really had a chance here, especially after Saya broke the record. I thought like, okay, maybe that's that's her time. She can lose the belt now. She broke the record. But you know what? She won and a well-deserved victory. It was a great match. Uh, the only complaint I could have is that at some point it felt like they were doing a little too much. But, like, I don't know. They both sold, like, they bumped like maniacs and they sold well. So I was fine with it. Uh, good match. I hope we get more of stuff like this out of Saya. I went four and a quarter stars. What did you? Me too. Oh, look at that. Mind meld. Uh, yep. From the two hosts here. Afterwards, Mina Shirakawa came out. So we will soon be getting Saya versus mina i think mina beats her i mean at this point she has to right she's yeah. like running out of people and she it's avenging her face so like, i i think it, it makes sense for for her to win and it feels like with all of this cosmic angels uh brouhaha that that would be a good moment for mina to win and be like now we're a different thing yeah. Um, Me and my women are successful on our own. That's right. And Waka, you can come with us. Um, <laughs> Waka, we won't make you stand there while we dance. You can wait in the back. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about that when we talk about stardom in showcase in a minute. The next match, another title match, a rematch of one of the most acclaimed Stardom matches of 2022. The champion Azumi once again successfully defending her high speed title, defeating Starlight Kid in 17 minutes and five seconds. Kelly, did you think this match was better, worse, or the same than their first encounter last year? I think. A little bit worse. I think their first one I went four and three quarters. This one I went four and a half. So it's not like a huge gulf in terms of quality, but I think the first one was better. But I still 
this still rocked. They did it again. Two of the best in the world go out there and have a killer match. So it's like, you know what? I'm happy with it either way. What did uh, what did you think? Better or worse? Kelly. Mind meld. <laughs> I went four and yeah. a half stars. <laughs> so it sort of started. I was like, wow, the last one was so good. I'm really hyped for this. It's going to be so good. And they were going and I was like, okay, this is solid, but it's nowhere close to the first one. Like I was like, the first one was so good. So, so good. And then like, as it went on, I was like, Oh, I don't know. This is very good. (laughs) I was like, I'm really (laughs) enjoying this. It's, you know, going very well. I liked all the mat stuff that they did. I thought the one thing where they were up on the top to do the Spanish fly and Azumi just sort of pushed Starlight Kid off and she did the Spanish fly without Azumi was looked crazy because she went very close to the ropes. Um, <laughs> but overall, I felt like this one was a little bit more grounded mm-hmm. than the first one. Like the first one to me, and that isn't a complaint, of the match, but the first one felt very much like people were like, Oh my God, they're out here doing, um, you know, Canadian destroyers. They're jumping off of things. And of course they did both of those things in this one, but there was something to me about it that felt more sort of closer to the mat. They were doing all those pin combinations, submissions, things like that. They I don't sl- know if they it's... slowed it down and grabbed a hold. Yeah. But I don't know if it's because I haven't watched the first match in a while. And so my memories are of sort of the high spots or if that is the case. But it just felt sort of more like a submission mat base mat match to me than the first one did, which I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Not a complaint. It was just as I was sort of thinking about you can't really help but think about to the two matches together that was sort of the biggest difference that popped out to me. But I, again, thought it was excellent. I went four and a half stars. Um, just an excellent yeah, It felt match. like they wanted excellent. to do something different, which, awesome, you know? <laughs> I I appreciate that kind of experimentation. Like, they, they have a formula, and they could have gone out there and done the exact same match they did last time, and everyone would have been fine with it. But, you know, they wanted to do something different. So that's I give them a ton of credit for it. And they it paid off. It was a great match. What what did you think of the post match? Because to me, it felt almost like Starlight Kid graduating from the high speed title scene. Well, that's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. I mean, my one thought the way she kind of like bowed to the title and Azumi. And kind of just rested her hand on the title and then walked off made me feel like she's moving on to go to, I don't know if it's just go after the uh, Saya's belt or who knows. But I, I think it feels like she's done with high speed to me. I wasn't even really thinking about it that way watching the post-match. I was more focused on the idea of the um, pinky shake or the pinky promise whatever they did yeah and like thinking like man when starlight kid turns back to a baby face it's gonna be i'm like this is gonna be on (laughs) it's gonna be so good um which i think they should not do until they are gonna like rocket 
pack her up to the top. Oh, for sure. To me, because that's going to be a huge deal. I mean, she's so talented. She has people behind her. She has matches like this. So to me, I sort of looked at it more in that way of like, they're showing these hints. She's not doing it. But, you know, she sort of did that with Azumi. It was sort of like, yes, we respect each other. We, you know, have these great matches. Thank you. So that was sort of more where my mind was. Okay. I guess I would say, I mean, for now, until Azumi loses the title, which I'm assuming will happen at some point soon because she's up to V10, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the thing so is, she, she could not lose here because of the Mercedes match coming up. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like she's sort of like Saya, where, especially in the high speed division, where there aren't that many people. Yeah. It's like, okay, who beats her for this title? Um, you don't really know. And then, of course, once she loses a title, sort of what does she do? She she feels to me, not in my personal opinion, but just sort of watching it, it's like, well, you'd like her to lose it and move on to bigger and better things, but it feels like the company might not move her on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Like, it feels like, oh, you're having great matches. Everyone's enjoying them. Oh, and now you lost it. And now you can go back and you know what I mean? It's sort of like, hope you like that's... Rena and Hina three ways. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's my nervousness there where they would be like, okay, you had that great. Um, I think I would like to see, not that I want to see Azumi lose the title, but, you know, Sayakamatani now double digit defenses azumi now double digit defenses you know the future of stardom hannon breaking the the single defense record um siri coming off a full year holding the title now julia is fairly new it just feels like no one outside of the tag division ever loses their titles it's very rare which I guess is fine. I mean, that was the way like Ring of Honor was in the mid 2000s. But it would be nice to have one of these things happen where it's like I won the title and two defenses later I lose it. Mm-hmm. So that you're not sitting here going, well, I know it's only the second defense. I know they're not going to lose it. That never happens. Yeah, it would be nice to have something like that. But I don't know. Maybe it could be. I mean, if Mina beats Saya for the Wonder of Stardom title, as you said, maybe in three defenses, maybe Starlight Kid does it and wins the title. That would be cool. I don't know. That would be one. Uh, but just something to, something to think about. Something to ponder. And you can ponder that as we discuss the next match, the semi-main event of the show, The World of stardom title match julia and maya yukihi going to a double count out in 17 minutes and 57 seconds kelly i will graciously allow you to go first on this match if this match had a definitive finish i would have easily thrown five stars on it without a doubt 
I thought this was incredible. Just the action was so hard hitting. It was a it was a lucha brawl. Like they just went all over the place. They beat the shit out of each other. They oh they threw Daichi to the ground so many times. Just that was the whole theme of the match. The entire theme of the match was shut the fuck up, Daichi. Shut up and get out of our way. That's that's what this whole match was, and they just beat the shit out of each other, and it was incredible. Like I went four and a half stars on it. I keep thinking about going four and three quarters, but it's like eh, it didn't have a definitive finish, so I don't know. But fuck, it was so good. <laughs> I really I need I need a rematch with a definitive finish. I need more of this. My first note is that this match in in my mind is called a no chill match because neither yeah. <laughs> Julia or Maya had any chill in this match. Um, a lot of really good slaps considering they both have longer hair and longer hair usually mean the slaps get blocked by the hair, but there was a lot of very loud slaps in this match. Um, <laughs> I thought it was incredible. I did go four and three quarter stars and I actually liked the finish because I liked the idea of Julia beating up Maya, trying to then be like, well, I'll just roll in the ring and get the count out finish. And Maya being like, no, you will not. <laughs> like, like if I cannot get in the ring, you're not getting in the ring and we're going to stay out here. I liked that idea. I liked the two, um, the pile driver on the table, which broke perfectly, which I feel like oh, almost never happens, nuts. almost never happens anymore that the table breaks perfectly. And then yeah. they went to the other side and did the tiger driver, which looked brutal. It Julia almost died on that spot. And hitting the table and then the table just going clunk. Um, yeah. And breaking, but just a a great match. So good. So good. I feel like a show between this match, the Saya match a little, we talked about sort of broke out of the usual pattern. This broke out of the usual pattern, which I think is why it was so good. It was like a show where it wasn't just the standard, okay, we have a big Wonder of Stardom title match. It's going to be big moves. Okay, we're having a, a Wonder of Stardom title match where Saya does her usual stuff. It felt different to me. This match felt different. It didn't feel like many other matches that have happened in Stardom recently. And just thought it was great. I will say this, and this may be... Very controversial, what I'm about to say. Okay. Maya Yukihi, excellent. I have liked her for a very long time. Obviously, many people out there say, you know, stardom has the best wrestlers. And many wrestlers in stardom are excellent. So this is not really a critique of them. But Maya is one of, I I think, dozens of Joshi wrestlers where if you put them in these spots, they will be this good. Oh yeah. You know, and some of the credit of course has to go to Julia, but you know, when it's like, Oh, stardom has the best wrestlers. They're so much better than any other company, you know, any other Joshi company that's out there. They have many talented wrestlers, you know, Julia 
excellent. Azumi and Starlight Kid. Mayu, of course, has been very good for years. But I was very happy to see Maya get this opportunity. Very happy to see her go out there and kill it because I think she's been great for years. And I think there's many people out there with the same opportunities who would also kill it. So I guess to Rossi, uh, bring in more random people for big title matches. Yeah. You get I cool shit. And you know, it's like, it's, you're not burning one of your big matches then. It's like, you don't have to do, I don't know, Julia versus Mayu or whatever. You can save that for another time and you can use Julia versus this outsider. And it's like, Hey, that's a cool match. Like, just do that. I mean, shit, like, you look at this, the the semi-main had Mayukihi, the main event had prominence. Like, that's very outsider-heavy. Well, had prominence and had, there was a Neo Stardom Army in the... That's true, yeah. In the uh, second semifinal. And also Chihiro Hashimoto. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, bring them in. I say the more the merrier. Yeah. After the match, Tom Nakano appeared like a spirit on the ramp. Uh, I'm just picturing her rappelling down like NWO Sting. (laughs) Uh, Julia gave her a long stare, so it seems like we may be reigniting the classic 2021 feud. Julia and Tom Nakano. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Coming soon. But Julia got to get her win back. Shockingly, and I think foolishly, was not the main event of the show. Yeah, they kind of fucked up with that. (laughs) But also, if the World of Stardom title match had been the main event, I don't think we would have gotten the match we did. I don't think they would have done that as the main event. Because, I mean, they'll do the draws and and stuff, but I don't think they would have been like, oh... I think people might feel cheated if we do the double count out on the main event. So we got to put that in the semi main or something. Well, we'll never know. Yeah. Unless Rossi tells us Rossi, write us. The main event was the triangle derby final, which also turned into an artist of stardom title match. The prominent. I liked that a lot. That it just turned into a title match. Yes, like that's that's awesome. That's such a good idea. Like, hey, the champions are in here because then because if the if it wasn't for the title, you automatically assume God's eye is winning. Mm-hmm. And so if with it being a title match, it's like, oh, 
okay, that uh, that changes things a bit now. The prominence trio of Hiragi Karumi, Risa Sarah, and Suzu Suzuki defending their Artist of Stardom titles, defeating the God's Eye trio of Amisore, Mirai, and Suri. I thought this match was good, but I thought it was living in the shadow of a great match. Yeah, it's hard to follow the previous three matches on the card. And it's like, this was good. I thought it was very good. I want three and three quarters on it. But you can't stand up to Julia, Yukihi, Azumi, Starlight Kid, and Saya Hazuki. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but that brings to an end the Triangle Derby just in time for in a few weeks the beginning of the Cinderella tournament. So you tournament heads won't be suffering for too long. It really felt like the Triangle Derby was going on for like three years. Not that long. What else has been happening in Stardom? Stardom had volume four of their Stardom in Showcase matches which happened as follows. First of all, I know Kelly wants to talk about it, and I want to talk about it. We all love having a very loud air conditioning unit playing in the background of the entire show. Oh, my God. Like, And it didn't help anything that the crowd for this show fucking sucked. This crowd was horrible. They were, they were essentially a clap crowd with like a handful of people that remembered they could cheer. It was so bad. Yeah, there were many moments of deafening silence. Air conditioning. Except for the air conditioning (laughs) unit playing. Though I wonder... No, it wasn't the air conditioning probably. It was probably the fucking bouncy house thing. Oh, you're totally right. I didn't even think (laughs) about that. But would that be that that loud? Because it was all the way in the corner. That's true. And also, they've had bouncy houses at all this other, all these other shows, and I haven't heard it. Yeah, that is true. So yeah, maybe it was just really cold that day, and the heating unit was cranked up. Anyway, the first match, Saya Ida defeating Chen Yoda in 5 minutes and 13 seconds. I'm not sure what that 5 minutes and 13 seconds refers to. Maybe the match portion of it. Uh, they yeah, because overall, Chen Yoda won the 2 out of 3 falls. That is true. Um, in arm wrestling, Chen Yoda won. Uh, they did an actual wrestling match, which Saida won. In the actual wrestling match, I thought Chen Yoda looked the worst she's looked in the n- number of times I've seen her. Um, she just looked very timid on all of her moves. Like she had the shoulder blocks in the corner. Uh, like when you go like shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. And I was like, you're not even making contact with Ida. Yeah. It was just like very strange because I haven't had that issue before and I was sort of like, what's going on? Then the final round was a pose down in which I thought Saya Ida was robbed. I think so too. I think that she has... (laughs) um, The way she is built... I think is more conducive to winning a pose down. Yeah. And that she yeah, she's is got a like, lot of good definition. Yes. 
Um, and I think she had a little bit more oil on mm-hmm. to help. I can't believe we're sort of, uh, doing this, but hey, we famously, we are posed down fans. We are posed down fans. We have seen a posed down live. Yeah. Um, Just hooting and hollering at hard hit for the pose down. Uh, but that was the first match. The second match, the classic, the showcase classic falls count anywhere match. Azumi defeating Hanan, Momoko, Hanazono, and Natsu Samire. At the beginning, Rossi slowly running away from Natsu with the attitude of someone who's walked into a party and been like, Ugh, I hope nobody kisses me tonight. That would be terrible. I hope no one does that. As he like slowly like walks away. (laughs) Like, oh, I've got to get out of here. I hope no one follows me. And then they shoved him in the bouncy house like he's fucking Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, as his glasses fall fall off. um, (laughs) And he's like trying to grab at them. Um that was really, to me, the highlight of the match. Yeah, no, I. You, you, what, your highlight wasn't staring at an empty ring for like a good minute and a half, <laughs> while the referee kind of just like shrugged their shoulders and the announcer apologized for nothing happening. I wrote my next two notes after the stuff about Rossi was these are these are becoming diminishing returns. Is yeah. the first thing I wrote, and the second thing I wrote is very low energy at points. Yeah. But then we have to talk about the end. I thought Izumi was, as always, the highlight of the match. The finish was cool. But Natsu, at the beginning, took the bump in a way that no one could see because the camera was in the wrong place. Yes, you had no idea what happened. It she looked like... like she just fell down, <laughs> yeah. and Hanazono was kind of weirdly concerned. And it's like, oh, all right. And then they showed the replay. It's like, oh, she took <laughs> took a bump through the stage. Uh, so just very strange. Just a weird yeah. match. You know what my least favorite part of that match was? It was when Hanan stole Natsu's sex pervert spot. I don't like that. That made me feel icky. The next match, Cosmic <laughs> Angels. Uh, it was a Captain's Fall match. The Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi, Tom Nakano, and Saki defeating the Club Venus team of Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa, and Waka Tsukiyama. My note, wow, Waka remains a big loser. Uh, but it doesn't really matter because she's going to get another opportunity. Uh, teaming with Tom against... Nanai Takahashi and a partner of her choosing. She's got to win that one, right? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think she ever (laughs) wins. I think she just takes the fall forever. Part of me wanted her because Tom was making the whole speech of like, you know, Waka made the speech of saying, oh, I'm doing it for the fans. You know, I'm fighting. I'm giving my all. And then Tom sort of said, oh, that's what I've been looking for um, from you, the sort of spirit and energy or whatever her words were. And I just wanted Waka to like stand up and be like, fuck you, and like yeah. deck her. Because I was like, oh, that would be an int- that would be interesting. I mean, she wouldn't do it in that way in stardom, but just to be like, I don't need you and I don't care about this um, and just like knock her out. Yeah. Uh, like I... Would have been good. I don't know. 
I don't think she wins. I think it's just this is this is her. This is her station in life. She's got to win at some point. Um, the next match, the Grim Reaper army of the three Grim Reapers defeated Super Strong Stardom Big Machine, Super Strong Stardom Giant Machine, and Super Strong Stardom Machine in 11 minutes and 56 seconds. And I think my favorite part of the match was me just now having to read all the Super uh, Stardom Machine names. I thought this was very rough. I wrote, it's, it was average wrestling in front of a dead crowd. This sucked shit. I think it's the worst match I've seen this year so far. Easy. It was quieter than any stardom show in the clap crowd era. <laughs> the fans wanted nothing to do with this match, and I don't blame them because I didn't either. Like, just the most basic wrestling match you've ever seen... Everyone, I don't know if it's just they can't see out of the masks and they're kind of tentative about stuff, but just everything was so slow. Please stop this. Rossi, no more. No more Grim Reapers. Yeah, the Grim Reapers the Grim Reapers are past their expiration date in showcase. Move on. Yeah, this is Uh, so bad. The next match was a hardcore six-person tag team match. The Donna Del Mundo team of Julia, Himika, and Micah went to a no contest with the prominence trio of Haragi, Karumi, Risa, Sarah, and Suzu Suzuki. My note, did this match seriously end in a DQ? And I was very quickly um, turning against this show. This fucking company. If you can't have anyone lose the match, don't book the match. Especially if it's a hardcore match. There shouldn't be a no contest in a hardcore match. What the fuck? What are you doing? In a UWF rules match, Shuri defeated Saki Kashima in 9 minutes and 23 seconds. I wrote, sure. The longer this went, the less I liked it. Uh, this should have been more of a mauling by Siri. The fact that Siri lost a point, I think, was way too much for Saki. I Siri should have just destroyed her. But I, did I, like I think that if she knocked her out at the end, yeah, that was good. But yeah, I think she gave Siri or she gave Saki way too much in this match. Like it, it was one of those where it just it breaks my suspension of disbelief. Because we, we know Siri's a real shooter. Like, this is her shit. It's like, I, it, doesn't, it, it does, doesn't work for me, brother. If Saki wants to get more UWF seasoning, she needs to go where the real shooters play and go to Gleet for some of that Ledette UWF. That way she can beat everyone that stays that, uh, that works there. The main event was a three-way, nine-person tag team elimination match uh, Hazuki winning um, from the stars unit of Hazuki Kogama and Mayu Iwatani defeating the Oedo Tai unit of Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora, and Starlight Kid, and the Queen's Quest trio of Miyu Amasaki, Saya, and Utami in 13 minutes and 56 seconds. I was, um, this was whatever, because at this point I was sort of just not into the show. See, I watched this so i watched the first bunch of matches when 
on uh, Thursday. And then the UWF and the main event hadn't been uploaded to Stardom World yet. So I watched those yesterday. I really liked this main event. I thought it was very good. Uh, it My big takeaway from it is that for as much as I think Stardom wants to be Women's New Japan, they're so much better when they're Women's Dragon Gate. Because this was a very Dragon Gate match, and I thought it was super fun. Uh, the closing stretch with... Uh, Hazuki and uh, Saya. Awesome. Great prelude to their match later. Uh, I went four stars on this. I really liked it. The only thing that really kind of not bothered me, but like, why is the stars team dressed like they're going to paint my garage? They're taking care of business. Oh, is that what they're doing? Okay. Uh, I did enjoy the, the, the uh, routine at the end with the premium beef. Um, yeah, that was good. Not wanting to eat the beef in the pristine ring of stardom, uh, and then eating. And then the, the piranhas on the outside just yeah. killed it. <laughs> so that was stardom in showcase volume four. What else happened in the last two weeks in Joshi in wave galaxy punch, another tag team, successful tag team title defense against Rina Amakura and Yuki Miyazaki Kelly. Chaco Pro also had their Let's Go Yokohama show. They did. Uh, it was a very good show on the uh, the 23rd. Uh, let's see. You had the Antonio Honda Trios match, which sure was a match. Uh, Yoniyama defeated Miyu Yatsuba. That was pretty decent. Uh, I'm kind of going... I'm selling a little bit of my stock in Mia right now. She hasn't improved as much as I would have liked her to by now. Uh, and I kind of wish she would play more to her size advantage in matches, but you know, she's still got a lot of room to grow. So we'll see. Uh, CDK defeated Rekka and Gaia Hawks. And I, I messaged you as I was watching this show, where is Takanashi finding these indie scummers now? Cause I have never heard of this Gaia Hawks guy before. He's not bad, but like, I don't know. It, it, it was all right. It, I went three and a quarter on it. I, it got better as the match went. It was, it was a fun enough match. Uh, in the semi-main, Tehanma defeated Chieko Shikawa, which was very good. I liked that Hanma just kind of bossed around Chie in this match and showed off her experience edge. Uh, three and a half stars on that one. And then in the main event, Rina Yamashita and Drew Parker defeated Best Bros. And this was awesome. It was just four of my favorite wrestlers going out there and having a really good main event. Uh, the closing stretch, super good. I hope that at some point down the road we see Yamashita and Parker get a shot at the tag titles. Uh, and one of my favorite parts was they're celebrating their win afterwards, and then the like Gato move end song starts playing, you know, and the people started coming out to sing, and Yamashita and Parker looked so confused <laughs> because why is Trans Am Hiroshi singing? <laughs> yeah, that main event was really good. I went four and a quarter on it. There was also a very recent show, GCW Holy Smokes, which, Kelly, I believe you watched. I sure did. Uh, it was yesterday, March 4th, uh, and there was a bunch of Joshi stuff on there. Uh, Joey Janela defeated Vaney for, uh, to defend the GCW Extreme title. This was a tremendous showing for Vaney in front of a crowd that was, like, really into her. I was super excited to see that. This crowd knew who she was and was super into her. Really good chemistry between these two. Uh, there was some very good stuff with a door that just 
fucking refused to break. <laughs> like they took some wild bumps on that table and that board or that door and it did not break until eventually Joey just kind of had to throw himself through it as hard as he could so they could get onto the spot of whacking each other with the broken pieces. But that was very good. I went four stars on it. Uh, there was also a Maki Ito versus Lufisto match that was perfectly fine. It was it was whatever. It was there to be a buffer between the two death matches. Uh, Maki was very good coming out and doing the Nick Gage entrance. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then the most notable match on the show, and I think the best match of the show by far, was the ultra-violent title match where Rina Yamashita successfully defended her title against Casey Kirk. Uh, this was an incredible death match. They are both insane. So they went out there and took some real wild bumps and beat the shit out of each other and bled a whole lot. And it was awesome. Uh, I went four and a four and a half on that one. Like I loved it. It's right up there with uh, Julia versus Maya as like match of the weekend at this point for me. So that is everything that happened in the last two weeks. What is coming up? Stardom has a Corican Hall show on March 10th. Himika against Natsupoi as part of Himika's retirement road. Himika will be having a lot of different matches on upcoming Stardom shows. Miyu Amasaki, Rina, and Hina will have a three-way match to determine the future of Stardom number one contender. As just above that, Amisore will defend the future of stardom title against Lady C. And main eventing that show, a Kelly special, Nanai Takahashi and you will defend their tag titles against the Oedo Tai duo of Natsukatora and Ruaka. Nope, not watching it. Not doing it. Also coming up, Oz Academy has a show on March 12th. Hikaru Shida will, uh, is announced to be there in a six-person tag match. Now, it has been, or she announced, that she has a finger injury. Um, but I'm not sure if she has been removed from any of these shows, which we'll talk about. She will be in Japan. Um, but I'm not sure if that finger finger injury will take her out of any of these matches but we shall see main eventing that Oz show will be Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu defending their tag titles against Sonoko Kado and Ryo Mizunami Tokyo Joshi Pro has a big two weeks coming up um, by the time this comes out this show may have already happened but the night before Grand Princess 23 on March 6th some big matches here, including Toga, will make her debut going up in a singles match against Miyu Yamashita. And Shino Suzuki will make her debut the newest member of the Up Up Girls in an all Up Up Girls, Up Up Girls Explode match. Miyu Watanabe and Hikari Noah will take on Raku and Shino Suzuki that will be the final Tokyo Joshi show before Tokyo Joshi's big biggest show Grand Princess 23 on March 18th 
We're going to run down this whole thing. First match, a Daisy Monkey Explodes match. Suzume will take on her frequent partner, Arisa Endo. Kelly, who do you think wins in the battle? Uh, it's prob- probably Suzume, right? I would think, that but Endo very good. On the, Endo on the rise. And it's true. You never know. Yeah. The next match is the Haru and Momo debut match. Mihiro Kiryu, Wakana Uihara, Himiwari, and Shino Suzuki will take on Kaya Torabami, Toga, Haru, and Momo. It's not many matches that you can say Mihiro Kiryu, the grizzled veteran. This match could be a disaster. <laughs> that is too many young wrestlers in a match like this. I I don't know. I I don't know about this one, guys. If you take out, well, actually, this is an interesting. I should have looked this up before we uh, before we got on the air. But how many matches combined? Kiryu has had how many matches in her career kiryu has had 220 matches okay uh kaya torabami is, is she's lower. still got to be under 100 probably kaya torabami has had 91 so we're at 311 so combined between these eight people they will have less than 315 minutes under their belt. Jesus. Uh, so it could be a variant, but who knows? Maybe Toga comes out and Shino Suzuki comes out on the, on the sixth and they're incredible. Yeah. It's happened. Yeah. The debuts have been very good, uh, but not a lot of guidance here. <laughs> It j- yeah, it seems like a lot of moving parts, and you you don't have the ring general in there. The next match, a six-person tag match with a lot more experience. Hikari Noah, now Kakuda, and Ram Kaichou, the returning Ram Kaichou, will take on Yuki Aino, Raku, and Palm Harajuku, which... For myself, very selfishly, that Palm was in a little bit more of a prominent spot, but this feels a little bit like the get people on the card match, which Raku and Yuki and Palm are often a part of. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's cool to see a free Wi-Fi team with Ram. Ryo Mizunami, the Chihiro Hashimoto of Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, returns to take on... And this is big, and when it was announced, I thought, wow, this is good synergy with Jumping Bomb Audio. Ryu Mizunami returns to take on Mocha Miyamoto. Kelly, this is the chance for Mocha to prove your hot take. Yep, this is the test. I I hope she does it. I hope she proves that she is the better of the two in-ring workers between her and Yuki Arai. Ryu has had many many good matches in Tokyo Joshi on these big shows. And hopefully this is another one of those. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. 
The next match, I think, will be the classic Hyper Masao comedy match. I don't know why I say I think, because after I <laughs> list the participants, I don't know that it would be a serious mat classic. Uh, but the regular tag team of Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Masao will take on Haruna Neko and Andreza Giant Panda. So what kind of tomfoolery do we think Hyper Masao will get up to facing a panda and a cat? I don't know, but I'm so excited. I hope they get that panda to ride the bike. <laughs> um, that seems hard physically. It sure does. That's why I want to see him do it. <laughs> Another tag match, Neo Bishikigun returns to Tokyo Joshi Saki-sama and Mei-san Michelle will take on the unlikely duo of Yuki Kamafuku and the returning Billy Starks. Friendship he... with Mahiro Kiryu over Billy Starks is my best friend now, says Yuki Kamafuku. Who do you think wins... Who do you think gets the pin, and who do you think gets pinned in this one? I'm going with May Panang Billy. Interesting. I think Saki is going to pin Billy. Yeah, either way, Billy's taking the fall. And now we reach the business end of the card, a special singles match Aja Kong will take on Yuki Arai in a match that could be very good. Yeah. I would say, what percentage chance do we think Yuki Arai has to win this match? Um, three. Three? <laughs> three. Oh, I think it's higher than that. I'm going to say 20. Oh, wow. Okay. But still 80-20. Highly in Aja's favor. But I think there's a... I don't know. I think there's a chance. There's something... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And then we have our three big title matches. Miyu Watanabe, the international... Princess Champion will defend her title against Rika Tatsumi, who is attempting to become the first ever Grand Slam champion of Tokyo oh. Joshi. A thing that makes me feel like it's more likely that Rika wins. Yeah, I would have said without a doubt that Miyu was winning until you said that. <laughs> Shit. Because I don't want Miyu's run to end. She's been having a great title run. Yeah, it feels too early for it, but that added thing where I'm like, well, they're hyping it up, but maybe they're, I don't mm. know. They're like, she would be the first, and I would be like, well, that would be a good feather in her cap, but I don't want Miyu to lose the title that quickly. No. So. Well, shit. 
<laughs> Very up in the air. Who knows? Maybe Miyu still wins. Um, I don't. Maybe Tokyo Joshi doesn't want any Grand Slam champions. Maybe uh, we don't know. As we've learned from these big shows, they're capable of anything. Yep. Even the things you would not predict. In the semi-main of the show, the tag team champions, the Wasteland War Party, Max the Impaler, and Heidi Howitzer will take on the team of 1-2-1 million Miyu Yamashita and Maki Ido. Kelly, who emerges victorious here? I think the, the champions retain. It's some big scalps for him, and we know that Miyu's going to be gone for a while. This feels like a win that Miyu and Maki don't need. Exactly. And I think that there's probably another team who could beat the Wasteland War Party who would get more out of it. Palm Harajuku and friend. But there is something to Tokyo Joshi often does these title changes where you're like, well, this person doesn't need to win. See case in point, Miyu. Um, yeah. Where they just win the title. They are both on the, both of these teams are on the LA show. Um, they announced the full card of that LA show, which we'll talk about next episode. Um, but they are both on the card and they are both in tag matches meaning that if either of these team wins, there could be a tag title match in the United States. So I think I'll go, I think I'll go with you and say Wasteland War Party retains. And then the main event, the Princess of Princess title match, Yuka Sakazaki, the champion, defends against her longtime friend and partner, Mizuki. Kelly, is this finally the moment when Mizuki does the deal? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, My God, Kelly, you're like sounding so beat down. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's like, I feel like, yeah, I would like to see Mizuki win. But at the same time, I'm really loving this current Yuka run, and I kind of don't want it to end yet. <laughs> so it's like I don't want her to beat Mizuki, but I do want I do want her to beat Mizuki. So I don't fucking know. Um, I'm just going chalk and saying that Yuka wins. I have to go with Mizuki. It this has to be it. You'd think, like. <laughs> We say we this every time now, though. Now. We're like, this has to be the one. This has, yeah. but like, why wouldn't you? At this point, I don't, I don't like, know. how many more times could she challenge? Realistically, I don't know. I just feel like Mizuki has to win it. Yeah. And ideally, I she would win. But I don't trust them. You know what? I don't care. I'm going to say Mizuki's going to win. And if I'm wrong again, then I'm wrong again. Yeah. Um, It's a feeling with Tokyo Joshi that I'm used to. But Mizuki should win. Let her win one of these freaking things. (laughs) 
Um, so that is Grand Princess 23. What else is going on in Joshi in Sendai Girls on March 11th? Miyuki Takase and Mika Iwata will take on Sayori Ono and Mayukihi to determine the number one contenders for the tag titles in Ice Ribbon. Hikaru Shida and Ibuki Hoshi will defend their tag titles against Makoto and Hamako Hoshi. And in Wave, they have a Korokin Hall show, a tag title defense. Galaxy Punch, Saki, and Akari Shimizu will defend against Itsuki Aoki and Ukuto Hidaka. And Hikaru Shida will defend her Regina De Wave title against Iger in the main event there. Kelly, what is coming up in the world of Choco Pro? Uh, Choco Pro is coming up on Choco Pro 300. It's going to be a special two-day celebration. Uh, day one is on March 11th, where the All-Asia Tag Titles will be on the line. Uh, Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi defend against Sayaka and Chieko Shikawa. And then day two, which is the next day on the 12th, Super Asia Titles on the line as Balianaki defends against Haganai Shino. I assume there will be other matches on the cards, but they have not announced those yet, but Holy shit, there's been 300 Chaco Bros. That is crazy because it's been three years. Yeah. So they do, what, 100? A year, pretty much. 100 shows a year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and like during Golden Week, they just run every day. Yeah. Yeah, but 300 shows in three years is um, a lot of shows. A lot. <laughs> So congratulations on that. That's like, that's a big accomplishment, I think. Um, But that is everything coming up in the next two weeks of Joshi. Kelly, what else do you have to say for yourself? Ah, shit. What do I, what do I, what do I want to use my time for? Um, Oh, Taylor, what's your favorite kind of pie? Uh, Is this going to be a joke? No, it's not. I, I had a three-berry pie earlier today, and it was incredibly good, and I've been thinking about it a lot. So I think... Because I, I really think a berry pie is my favorite overall, like uh, a blueberry or a three-berry. I like... I think they're consistently very good, more so than an apple or a cherry, which, when they're good, they're real good. But they you can get some outliers that aren't very good in there. So like, what, what's what's your go-to pie? What's your favorite pie? Well, I was going to say apple just because that's the standard. And I do like cherry pie. Um, I wouldn't have even thought of like blueberry pie. Oh, it's so good. To me, like blueberry pie is like for nursery rhymes. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, the old woman in the house was eating a blueberry pie. Yeah, Um, that old woman was onto something. (laughs) uh, And besides that, I can't really think of any other... Like pecan pie, pumpkin pie. When you asked if I was joking, did you think I was going to turn into the rock and be like, my favorite pie is vagina? Or or I thought you were just going to be like, uh, something, you were going to say something, I was going to say like apple and you were going to be like, oh, and make some joke. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I did think you were going to turn into the rock. <laughs> I am not young Dwayne. Uh, and prank me in some fashion. <laughs> uh, 
uh, with my favorite pie. Um, <laughs> but anyway. I I will find a way to prank you with your favorite pie at some point. Oh god. I'm gonna send a bunch of pies to your house. <laughs> what a what a great prank. Yep. Um just I, pies keep showing up and you're like, I didn't order these, and they're like, I don't know, someone did, pal. And then next thing you know, you've got seven hundred pies in your house and you can't find any more room for them. Anyway, that is all for us here on Jumping Bomb Audio. We will be back with you again in two weeks' time. So for Kelly... Have you ever uh, seen Pie Hell? No. You ever seen Pie Hell? Do you know what Pie Hell is? Nope. Okay, so Pie Hell was this... uh, It was like on this Japanese show. And like I don't know if it was like one of their talk shows or something or like some kind of prank show. It was like, okay, it was uh, the host and this other guy made a bet on what team would win uh, in a baseball game. And the guy that lost had to go through pie hell, which was they set up his house full of like cameras and stuff. And he had to live his life as he would normally. But there would be people there in fully black costumes that you were not supposed to see who would just keep hitting him with pies and he was not allowed to react at all. And like the guy who won the bet was over in loudspeaker in the house telling him to like do stuff like, Hey, it's time to go read the paper and pick up the newspaper and the pie guys would just slam the pie into the newspaper and he would be forced to try and keep reading the paper covered in pie cream and the newspaper covered in pie cream. One of the funniest bits is he's making toast and one of the pie guys just slams the pie on top of the toaster. <laughs> it was on Daily Motion for the longest time. I don't know if it's there anymore, but if it if you can find it, Pie Hell is incredible and one of the funniest things I've ever seen. There we go. That's my media recommendation of the week. All right. Well, with that, we will say goodbye. <laughs> Kelly. Oh, bye. hello everyone my name is taylor and i'm kelly and we are the co-hosts of jumping bomb audio the podcast all about joshi pro wrestling here on the voices of wrestling podcast network every other monday we are with you talking about the biggest news in joshi along with show reviews previews and much much more so if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio.